0: hey everyone this is tom ella for a special episode of the protest coverage podcast i'm the managing editor and i'm here with kevin xavier the editor-in-chief kevin how are you doing
1: doing well tom um Unfortunate that we had to put this emergency episode together, but for the listeners who are unaware, uh, on October the 3rd, Saturday evening, at around 7.15, a justice ride was coming down Fifth Avenue, sponsored by Street Riders NYC. While they were coming down Fifth, they had blocked a parked car in to ensure the safety and the safe passage of the riders behind them, as is customary with these bike lines and the passenger of the vehicle and the driver weren't too happy they were being blocked in. There was a verbal exchange. There were some threats made. Ultimately, the riders had passed by the vehicle. They released the vehicle back into traffic, but the vehicle was now caught behind the riders uh, as they moved down Fifth Avenue. The driver then uh, sped up, clipped a bike rider at 27th, and then plowed into a 19-year-old female at 25th Street and Fifth Avenue uh, in the Flatiron District. The female suffered injuries. She was hospitalized. We're happy to report that she is okay and feeling better, although she's quite sore, understandably. And we had a few moments to chat with her this evening.
0: So you the following that you're about to hear is our conversation with herself uh, allison uh, she said that she was okay with us giving out her name and her father stanley so this will just be a chat with the two of them about what I they experienced how they feel about it and how they're doing now so without further ado um, here yeah, is our chat
2: recounting i guess what happened so basically we're stopped at Bryant Park around seven, like you guys said, and then we were just riding down Fifth Avenue. Um, I did realize our group was a little bit smaller than all the previous rides. And it was like a little bit more separated, but I think around like 30th or maybe like 28th or something like that, um, there was this car on the side of the road that was trying to enter the street. And there were all these volunteers and other bikers stopped in front of the car to block it off like it normally happens, I guess. And then my dad and I stopped for a little, but then people were telling us to continue going. So all of the normal bike riders who weren't volunteers kept going down the street and it was like three or four streets or so. And then um, everyone could kind of hear like the screeching tires of that same car coming down the street, like barreling down at high speeds. I don't know exactly how fast it looked, but it was about like 30 to 40 miles an hour at least. So I was I was hearing that sound and I was really afraid for like the other protesters and even my dad who was behind me to see if like everyone was getting out of the way. So I was stopped, not on like the sidewalk, but on like the the right third of the road at least. And I stopped to look back behind me and then the car was approaching at such fast speed and I could see that it was coming towards me. I don't know, I was just really afraid I guess that that like what would happen because I knew I couldn't get out of the way in time. And then it hit me or I hit my bike, actually, like my bike's back tire. And then I remember like flying into the air and then just like sitting up after that as the car was like running away and like people were screaming and everything. So my both of my shoes flew off in that moment, um, as well as like my bike's back Like I have a bike bag and it was attached to the back and that flew off and it was just like a huge chaos, I guess. Um, But there are a lot of volunteers and other like people in the group that are riding with us who instantly came to our like protection and like comfort and was testing to see if like my fingers were broken or anything like that. So I was always really grateful for that. But I don't know exactly what happened at like the confrontation a few blocks earlier, but I think that's where it started when they got like really mad and everything.
1: Thank you again for going through it. Uh, I'm sure it's difficult to do. We really appreciate you taking the time. Stanley, we're curious about your perspective in all this. Obviously, this is your daughter. Um, my understanding is that the two of you have ridden together before, and I'll, I'll come back to that in just a moment. But Stanley, from your perspective, what did you see?
3: Well, as my daughter said, we were going south on Fifth Avenue, and you know it was probably in the upper 20s or so, mid, mid to upper 20s. And yeah, so we stopped a little bit to um, see what the commotion was about for that parked car that was trying to enter the road. However, we had, you know, a good dozen or so volunteers, you know, blocking that car from, you know, cutting into the the group of riders who were going down the street. But, you know, other level-headed riders basically told non-volunteers to just continue down the route and everything would be handled. So, you know, we then followed those directions and, you know, continued down south on Fifth Avenue. So, you know, I wasn't directly behind my daughter. I was maybe a good 20 to 30 feet behind her. I was also on the right side of the road. And of course we heard screeching, acceleration, which is, you know, completely unexpected. So you could tell a vehicle was uh, bearing down on us down Fifth Avenue you know, it sounded like it was swerving because the tires were were screeching and you can hear the uh, engine going pretty loudly. So I quickly moved to the side and um, the car just zoomed right past and unfortunately clipped, or basically made contact with my daughter's bicycle. And um, after that, things were a blur, but um, obviously the car drove off without stopping And um, a lot of people in our group, of course, came to our assistance, where uh, we made sure everything was okay. And, you know, shortly after, police and ambulance showed up
0: and uh, we were in their hands from that point on. Had either of you dealt with any kind of incident like this before when you were riding?
2: Usually when we were riding, we've gone to maybe like half of the justice rides at least. Um, It's always been really safe. There's always been a huge crowd, and all the volunteers are like blocking off the streets and everything. So it's never kind of been like this. Maybe there was like a few other incidents where there were cars trying to like enter the roadway that we were on, or they were impatient. But for the most part, cars usually stay parked or kind of just turn off their engine and just let us pass. Maybe like one time at like another justice ride, we were going down West Side Highway and this this driver wanted to come into our path, but they like our, our volunteers held them off and then they just turned on a side street. But this is the first time where we've seen like a car just like plow past everyone.
0: Does this, how does this affect, I suppose your, um, like, do you feel safe going out again to do this? Do you feel incentivized to do this again? Or, or does this kind of make the both of you maybe want to sit out? Cause especially, you know, for Allison, obviously you had to be hit by this car and then Stanley for you to watch your daughter get hit. I, I imagine that is traumatic in unique ways for both of you.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Honestly, like we are both like still for the cause. We still really believe like Black Lives Matter and just like that there has to be solidarity. But there's been a lot of pushback from other family members who see like the protests as too dangerous or kind of like feed into the media's view that um, like these protests are violent and like we shouldn't be doing this. So I think kind of what we're gonna to plan to do for the future is probably sit out like the marches and the rides and stuff, but of course still keep up with it. And it's mostly just for like our safety, I guess, and our families, like, I guess, thoughts, and hopefully that they don't like overreact or anything like that. Um, do you have anything to say?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just wanna add that, you know, like Madora said, we've been on a number of these events, all peaceful, obviously, very few incidents so for something like this to happen out of the blue was uh, kind of surprising i mean usually drivers you know understand that there's a procession of bikes passing through and they're they're okay with just waiting until it's safe to continue but um you know to see something like that happen obviously up close is a pretty traumatic traumatic experience and um you know we're we'll have to reassess you know what we do from here, but it's unlikely that we'll be out in the streets anymore, but again, we still support the movement and we'll we'll keep up with it mm-hmm. I'm,
1: I'm sure, sure. Your comrades will understand that, Stanley and Allison, um, you know especially considering what the two of you have been through. Uh, I just had a logistical question. you said it was Allison that it was a smaller bike group than it normally would be for the Justice Ride. Yeah. Could you give me some comparative numbers, guesstimates as to this particular group size as opposed to what you normally would have?
2: Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have kept up with this, but there's been like a rift within the Street Riders community at least um, between the two co-founders and some of the volunteers. So the group kind of broke off like three weeks ago into like a bunch of different groups. So we hadn't gone in any besides this one after their rift but I realized like when we were meeting up at Bryant Park earlier in the day that the numbers, there was like a lot less, um, both riders and volunteers. Um, I think they had to like ask for some volunteers, like, oh, could we have six volunteers at the very beginning and give them like a quick training of how to do things. I'd say like this ride was maybe like a thousand or less bike riders compared to like other rides where there was like 10K, maybe like 5K, and like we took off multiple city blocks, whereas this one was a lot less.
3: And I just want to say that, you know, even though it was a smaller group, we, we don't blame anyone um, associated with street riders for anything that's happened. I'm sure nobody expected this to happen. It could have happened anytime and anywhere. So, you know, we, there's no bl- blame being cast. On, on our side
0: I'm, I'm curious about how you feel the effect of an attack like this is because this uh, as we've noted this is not the first time this has happened this has uh, happened to me personally twice um allison we you know you had mentioned the times square incident the more recent one and you've seen those um before and still chose to go out and now that it's happened to you as well it it clearly shook you enough that you're especially feeling the pressure to stay in. And I'm curious how you both feel about the effectiveness of attacks like this.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, really quickly. Sorry about the background noise. If you could hear that. Um Yeah, so basically we've seen videos of like the cars pummeling into protesters while they're either marching or even some with like bikes. I think I've seen like two specifically. And of course, they're really scary. But for the most part, um, both of us just think like the protests are nonviolent. People are very peaceful. We try not to like disrupt other people who don't really want to get involved and things like that. And for most like all the ones I've been on protest marches, like the bike rides and everything have been peaceful so far. Of course it is really scary to like be the person who is like directly impacted by it Um, but I really do hope that like these marches continue and these bike rides continue because I think it is really important and I think that these like incidents or like occurrences I guess um, kind of shed light on these terrible occur like this like terrible motivation, I think like, there's just like a stigma around like Black Lives Matter protests in general and how like you're almost putting yourself in danger if you choose to go out to these events. But I do think that people have to realize that the issue is not is not the protesters themselves. It's like these people who want to do harm to these innocent people. And I think that that's kind of why I want to speak out and spread my story and kind of just make it, make the government even like very aware that these incidences need to kind of be like prosecuted and stopped?
3: I mean, I think the, uh, the incident in Times Square where the drivers seem to have been sort of protected by police. I'm not sure what happens in the aftermath, but, um, certainly if the police do their job and find out who, who do, who does these things, you know, I think protesters would be, would feel safer in um, exercising their First Amendment
1: rights. On that topic, Stanley and Allison, how would you characterize uh, the NYPD's involvement and handling of this investigation and your statements?
3: Basically, they've been helpful. They've been doing their jobs at the scene of the incident, along with the ambulances and hospital personnel, of course. And of course, the police who were present at the hospital last night also did their jobs to um, find out what was going on. And uh, obviously they also inquired about uh, my daughter's condition while she was in for uh, her various scans and tests.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, on top of that, I guess, um, I just wanted to preface that both of us think like the police need to be defunded and eventually abolished and everything. And of course that it was really it was great to see that like the officers were caring like in the moment and kind of like surrounding us and making sure that we were okay I just hope that they continue all of their efforts like after after this after now that the incident itself is over but the aftermath is still there um, we are in contact with some of the detectives who have been asking for like evidence and things like that but I'm surprised that if they have the license plate of the driver that they haven't been arrested already, or they haven't been like charged, but there are gonna be reports hopefully soon. So we're just hopeful. And they're, they've been really cooperative so far.
1: Just a quick follow up on that, if I may, and Tom, I'll let you jump back in. Our understanding is that they continued down Fifth Avenue for some time with a fair amount of riders following them uh, in pursuit. And our understanding is they made it down to the Manhattan Bridge uh, area before the riders lost them. Allison, you mentioned that you're somewhat surprised that with the license plate, they haven't been able to locate the individuals in the vehicle. Just wanna remind the audience, this took place on Fifth Avenue uh, in Midtown Manhattan in the uh, Flatiron District basically, which is you know, one of the hubs of New York City. Um, So it it was not in a remote corner that would, you know, be difficult to track. So given your surprise, Allison, knowing um, that your comrades chased this car uh, for blocks, probably miles, and they're still at large, how does that make you feel? And and by extension, Stanley yourself as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that just because of like the patterns that have been happening, like with the Times Square incident, where they literally have the faces and, like, the license plate and, like, the car make and model, and there hasn't been any charges, or at least not from what I've heard. Just, like, kind of knowing that in the back of my head and seeing, like, this car, they have, like, the license plate. People are, like, looking for it, but, of course, they still can't find it. I would say, like, I'm just really surprised that we haven't really gotten updates on this yet from the police or that they haven't found it yet. And I think it's just, like... Like in the back of my head, I still remember, like, of course, the Times Square incident and how like the police were kind of protecting these drivers and these people. And that just makes me feel really uncomfortable. Um, I guess that's one of the reasons why I'm afraid to go out again. Like, what if the same car um, comes again? Or even if I don't go out, what if there is another justice ride and the same car comes to um, hit a bunch of other protesters? I guess I'm just like much more afraid that there's people out there like this who... Um, kind of like have an intent to do something malicious and potentially like life-threatening, but they're, they're still out there, I guess.
3: I mean, it's our understanding that the street riders community has passed information over to um, the officers and detectives in charge of this investigation. So we can only hope that they'll use that information to uh, do their job and hopefully be able to identify the, uh, driver of this vehicle
0: in terms of the government what response would you want to see from and and like from which government officials because i don't think there's been any statements as of late from you know andrew cuomo or bill de blasio or the the city council speaker corey johnson so germani
1: you know, williams the public yeah
0: mm-hmm. so i'm curious what kind of support or response or condemnation or uh, like are are you in the wake of this are you looking to see that kind of response from your government officials or are you mostly just concerned about the the police and getting accountability on that level
2: i don't think it's just like a police level i think it is a government level as well of course it would be nice to see like condemnation from like city councilmen or like the da or the mayor or the governor but i think it really does have to go beyond that because their condolences don't mean much if nothing really happens. You know, like this has been occurring for multiple months where protesters are put in danger for just exercising like the right to assembly, the right to free speech. And I don't think that protesters should ever be like scared of kind of going out because something like this might happen. Um, I think that there kind of have to be like new laws or even just like like, of course, we are unsure right now about, like, whether we want to press charges or kind of, like, have all of that, but I do think that there have to be new laws that kind of address, like, bike safety, protester safety, because there are not enough of those out there, and I think that it is more than just an issue with just, like, me and the driver or, like, street riders and, like, these drivers. I think that it's just, like, a general stigma towards protesting towards black lives matter that this kind of stuff needs to change and there has to be support from government officials as well
1: you mentioned obviously it going on beyond the police
2: mm-hmm. what is
1: your confidence level the two of you that you will get justice and that this the driver and the passengers in this vehicle will be found
2: um
3: I think our confidence is pretty high because with the license plate you know you should be able to track certain things like ownership of the vehicle and such. We just have to trust that um, the NYPD will do its job and be able to come up with the results that we're looking for.
2: At the same time I think because of like the past incidences I would say my confidence level is not as high just because there have been a lot of past incidents where this stuff has occurred and nothing's really happened from there. And so hopefully um, there is justice on this case, but at the same time, I'm not totally expecting it, I guess. Okay,
1: and the last one from me, we rattled off a few um, city politicians that normally in the circumstances of domestic terror would reach out to the victims of said attack. Have you heard from any of these individuals we mentioned—the public advocate, the mayor, the governor, city council members?
2: No, 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 no one.
1: <laughs> no. I one. don't
3: think. We're, I personally don't expect to um, look. I, I just want to say that we're very fortunate that um, my daughter wasn't hurt worse. Um, so, you know, maybe that is a factor towards, um, politicians making a statement or not, but, you know, it was a terrifying scene, obviously, but I think we're very fortunate that my daughter's injuries are minor and, um, we're very thankful that's the case.
1: One last quick follow-up, uh, Allison and Stanley by extension. How many news organizations have contacted you to hear about your story?
2: Um, well, there's you guys <laughs> and then we're working with like Peter and street Riders team. Um, otherwise I think that's it. I've seen a few news articles on the websites, but there's not too much information besides like the bare bones minimum. Has anyone yeah.
0: contacted you directly? Um, no. Okay. Thank you, Tom. Well, it's funny. That was going to be one of my last questions because I, I have two last quick questions and one of them was going to be, how do you feel the media Um, typically responds to situations like this that you've seen and then now that you're in one yourself how do you feel that the media has done?
2: I think historically the media is generally biased against these protesters and have portrayed like only the most violent parts of these protests and that's what the general public really does believe in. I do think that I don't think it's very much of an issue that like the media hasn't personally reached out to me. I do think that their stories are very kind of empty and don't really have a lot of details and facts even and is potentially based off rumors. Um, I am really grateful though to like the support system that we have in our community where my friends have shared the story even people in the Street Riders family have shared the story and a lot of people have kind of shared the statements and I think that Like, as of now, there hasn't been much media coverage regarding the protests at all because they have been majority peaceful. So, I think that's how it is going to continue.
3: And I just want to add that basically, media is there to um, sell clicks or newspapers. And, you know, there's always going to be video of this. And the few, the couple of articles that we've seen online, you know, does have video. And it's, you know, sensationalist, of course. But um, you know, there's not that many details, and you know, I think that's
0: what we expect, I guess. And my final question for you guys is um, basically just how are you doing now? Um, just to close it out, is just are are you healthy? Like how like are are your injuries? Do you feel okay? And just your general like mental health for the both of you.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I would say my mental health is pretty good. It's just because there's so much support and kind of like messages of love coming from everyone. Physically, um, I'm okay, I guess. I still have a lot of the scratches that we've like put lotion and band-aids on. Um, My neck has been really sore yesterday because of kind of like the trauma of like hitting the ground and everything. I'm having a little bit of trouble walking on my right foot, specifically my heel, because I think possibly also because of yesterday, so we're going to get that checked out, possibly go to physical therapy, but I'm really grateful that it wasn't any worse than it is right now.
1: How is your arm and or shoulder, Allison? We had been hearing a lot of the injury Mm -hmm. was relevant to your arm. Could you clarify Mm -hmm. that for us?
2: Yeah, right after the incident, my arm was really hurting a lot, and I think it was just because there was like a really big scrape on it, which is still there. But otherwise I think that it's fine. All the x-rays that we did and CAT scans and everything were negative and there was nothing abnormal. So I'm really grateful for that. But we're going to get like a few more body parts checked out within the coming week or so.
0: Well, um, I think that that's everything for me. Kevin, do you have anything else? That's everything for me
1: as well. Um, Really can't express this enough. We're just sorry that this happened, but we exist to tell these stories and we're going to make sure as many people know this as possible.
0: Yeah. yeah. I have worlds of empathy for what you're going through. And, and uh, you know, I've mentioned it to a couple other people that were there. But if, you know, as someone who has also been through a lot of these, if you do feel like the aftershocks or, or anything of that kind of experience, you can always feel free to message me. And I'm happy to chat about it because sometimes it does still rattle you even, you know, weeks or months later.
2: Mm-hmm yeah thank you it really does mean a lot that you guys care and have been through this yourselves and are willing to share the story and kind of give the truth about it and release a podcast and everything and it really does mean a lot that there's so much support from the community and everyone else listening we really appreciate it
1: well thank you for hopping on with us both alice and stanley we appreciate you taking the time we're sorry for meeting in this circumstance um but hopefully we can meet again uh, in some happier circumstances. Uh, and we will stay in touch with you, of course, on our end, as far as any information we're getting about the investigation, we're in touch with the NYPD as well. Uh, I would certainly hope that you learn before we do, but if it's the other way around, we will keep you posted, of course.
0: Yeah, and I'd just like to finally just commend your bravery for being willing to talk about this publicly and for your commitment to the movement even after and, and your beliefs after this happened.
3: Right. Thank you a lot for your concern and uh, for everything you guys are doing via your platform.
1: Thank you. You have a nice night.
3: Thank you. You too.